0: When was the last time you picked up a phone book to make an appointment purely based on name and number? Not very often, if at all, and some of you are saying, what's a phone book? (laughs) Gone are the days uh, of going somewhere that we know nothing about prior to our arrival. And we now live in a digital world overpopulated with online information. Everything we need to know can be found with a few clicks online. So you might be wondering, well, sure, I know this, why is it relevant to me in the salon industry? Well, your clients expect results. They want to be sure that they are choosing the best place to get the results. So what will they do? They'll research and they'll compare. As a salon, you need to stand out in this overly crowded digital world. Like you can't just expect clients just to magically appear at your door, whether or not they make a booking actually starts with you. So how do you stand out on social media in the digital realm, attract new clients to your business? Well today I'm chatting with Andy Seeley who's going to share the three most effective tips to improve your salon's online visibility. With years of experience in media, sales, Andy is full of expertise when it comes to using digital platforms to help grow your salon business. All right, let's dive in and see what he has to say. Andy, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Very pleased to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you.
0: So let's start with this. Uh, Will you let us know where are you in the world? Where did you come from? Interesting question. And uh, what do you do?
1: Well I am in uh, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it was a beautiful day today. Um, and originally I am from Hamilton, New Zealand. Um, and I got over here funnily enough coaching rugby. Um, I thought uh, back in the day when I was in my 20s um, and went through you know um, Auckland University of Technology. It was actually AUT. It was actually AIT back then. Um, and learned um, about you know, sports science and so forth and came over to America thinking I'd be the next big rugby coach, um, not realizing that there wasn't any real money to be earned doing that. Um, so I fell back into what I was doing, which was media and sales. Um, and then fast forward 20 years later, <laughs> um, I'm still here uh, with a wife and a, and a little boy. And uh, we started a company about five years called Creatively Disruptive. Um, which is a small business focused with a little bit of e-com spread uh, sprinkled in um, marketing firm um, and we have been able to grow to some not- notoriety we've uh, you know got uh, a lot of um, good press and uh, good feels out there with with the business community in a couple of industries where we're seen as the market leader um, and to the point that uh, we're now actually well I'm actually a facilitator for another, New Zealand-based, quite large internet uh, or Facebook um, or online marketing, I guess teaching platform called the Academy, um, and I'm actually one of the um, facilitators or or lecturers, whatever you want to call it, teaching other agencies how to help small businesses and so forth build their businesses. So it's a, a very nutshell, very quick explanation of what I do.
0: Amazing. Great to have a, a fellow Kiwi. Uh, to chat with. I can tell that accent anywhere, uh, (laughs) even if you've been in America. But um, one of the reasons we're chatting today is that uh, small business, as you say, uh, the service industry, the hair and beauty industry, more than ever need to be across their uh, social and digital marketing. And it's a challenge for salon owners because, you know, we're split often between serving clients, managing a team, trying to market the business and bring in new business. And so yep. I really wanted to connect with you today so you could give us uh, the, th- the the three key things that we need to do to increase our digital, digital visibility.
1: Because yep. if we
0: don't, we don't have a stream of new clients coming into the business.
1: Right, well, I mean, you know, just to, just to clarify too, my mother uh, owned a salon, um, multiple salons throughout, you know, in different places. Um, so for probably a 45-year career, she now retired and her hands are a little bit arthritic, so she struggles a little bit with the old cutting. Um, and my one of my cousins actually owns a very successful barbershop in Sydney. Um, so I have a little bit of an understanding of, of the industry and, and that most salon owners, especially in, you know, independent uh, salon owners, typically are cutting here and doing and And doing work and wearing a million different hats, even the more successful ones are, um, because they usually got into the business because they love the business of 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 doing what they do, right? Um, and that makes it difficult to be an expert in some of the areas that you need to be to be successful now, um, which you know is being online. If you're not online, you're basically not seen. Um, and that just has to happen. if you're not if you're not putting time into making sure that you're being seen on Google, so you're dealing with the high intense people that are looking to get their hair done, um, you're, you're missing out on that in your local area. And there's always going to be, especially if you're in a growing area, um, but even in, in, in areas that aren't necessarily growing, um, there's always going to be someone new coming into town or, or someone who's not happy where, who, where they are and they, they're looking for someone to, to work with. And the first call, port of call is always going to be Google. Um, the other part of it is that Google works really well with Facebook. And I think small businesses really don't think about this um, because they don't know how the systems work. But Facebook is an amazing proactive medium, whereas Google is a bit of a reactive medium, reacts to your intent and your, your searches. Facebook can put ideas in people's heads. They might know that they want, they're not happy with their hairdresser, or they might know that they might need a haircut. Um, and Facebook gives you the ability to reach your local community at like a 10, 15, 20 mile radius or whatever you feel is, is the right place, or even with zip codes, if you want to go after zip codes and raise the awareness of your your, your salon um, to those people. But even more so, what's what's great about Facebook is its remarketing power, um, even with the iOS 14, which is rolling out, which is a whole another thing that might be another podcast. Um you know, Facebook's remarketing is still going to be really, really powerful. Um, And what that, what Facebook does is all that high intent client traffic that Google might capture and send to your website then gets picked up by Facebook and remarketed. So if someone doesn't book or or do business with you, Facebook can keep it going, keep that relationship going. And sometimes people need to see a little bit of information about you in multiple different ways, multiple different times. We've all heard, you know, most of us have heard about impressions, Definitely, if you've done any work with with newspapers, radios, or, or TV stations, you know they'll talk to you about impressions, how important they are, and you know having the Google with F- Facebook remarketing, um, picking up who's who's gone to your website to keep that that conversation going is really really powerful, especially with small business owners. Um, sure. and, then obviously, and then obviously circling it back through for those that interact with you or those that have done business with you, capturing email addresses so you can keep. Keep the conversation going, and it turns it into a you know a funnel um, or a, you know an ecosystem where people can stay connected with you and you stay connected with them, and it's really important nowadays to do that. and And those are the the three main areas that that we focus on because we see you know ridiculous growth when when um, small businesses really understand that and get that done. Um, it's a little bit technical. It can be a little bit difficult, but it, you know, it's orders of magnitude, uh, life-changing when it comes to the kind of revenues that you can drive. Um, and with salon owners, I think sometimes it's a struggle because you, you've only got a certain amount of, you know, chairs or a certain amount of cuts or a certain amount of clients that you can see a day. Um, one of the things that we see once the set is set up and maybe you're maxed out and you start having waiting lists is that you, you can start raising your prices and start getting your prices to a place that is profitable for you as a, as a company. And oftentimes that is a struggle sometimes is, is trying to get those higher dollar clients. Um, the the best way to do it is have demand, right? Uh, for your product and that and it, and it helps really push that.
0: Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but You're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So let's unpack some of these things that you've uh, thrown at us. The first is let's talk about this word intent. Um, yep. I think it's a really important word versus um, uh, I forget actually the word that you said but you know being able to plant ideas uh, or get visible in front of people that don't yep. have intent So let's talk about uh, the customer's intent versus our intent maybe uh, yep. when a customer has intent they already have decided that I need a new, hairdresser, I need a service. I need something different than what I've had. And I'm now searching for someone and they have intent to actively look. Correct. Is that true?
1: Yep. So, and
0: so when people have intent, Google is the great place to go there because people don't come to Facebook and type, uh, I need a new haircut or best salon in Wellington, <laughs> right? Right. No, uh, right? They go to Google and search for that.
1: Yep. Google is the yellow pages, right? So when when back in the day, um, mainly when my mother owned, owned a salon um, in Hamilton. Um, pe- when somebody wanted to you know, find a new hairdresser, I'd pick up the, the yellow pages and they start going through it, trying to find somebody, right? And, uh, you know, and that was where every business had to be. Mm-hmm. That no longer exists anymore, mainly because Google exists and people just pick up their phone, and they go, man, I'm, I'm sick of my hairdresser or hey, I'm new to town, I need to find someone to get my hair done. Um, and they search in there. And, and like you said, they'll they'll search, you know, best hairdresser in, in Wellington, or they'll go, you know, hairdressers near me, and they'll start looking at reviews and so forth, right? To to try and select who is who is the best person to work with. Um, and what you need to be is you need to be found because Google typically is going to throw up, you know, 10, 10 or so selections on the first page, and no one goes to the second page. I, I don't know if anybody <laughs> any listeners are actively searching for who's on the second page. Um, you know, most of the time we look at what's on the first page and we kind of like deal with that. And we need to make sure that we're there. And the way that you do it nowadays is you got to pay for that. Everybody is, there's still this thought out there that, you know, I need to do SEO. I need to make sure that, you know, and, and I need to make sure that I'm, I'm high in the, in the rankings and so forth. And, you know, whilst that's important, if you really want to get business quickly and, and efficiently and and really be competing with your competitors, pay-per-click is where it needs to be. Um, and yeah. that, that allows you to be like one of the first things that they see. Um, and one of the first things that they see is going to be one of the first things that they click. Um, and then you pay per click, you know, so you only pay when someone clicks in it, goes to your website and they see you and they, you know, hopefully they see something exciting and, um, you know something that, that, that captures their imagination of, of what their new headdress is going to look like and, and be able to do for them and, and they reach out to you and, and book. Um, but okay. yeah okay. Google's going to help those people that want something now. right?
0: I love that right? Uh, it, it manages their intent, people that are already actively looking uh, and we need to let go of any notion that digital marketing or social marketing is a free place to play anymore. Let's not complain. Let's just get on and and do what we need to do. Okay, let's talk. We've talked about intent. Let's talk a little bit about this word remarketing. And let's just unpack that a little bit because it's a bit of a uh, marketer's word. But uh, the fact that somebody can come to our website and then we can actively pursue them nicely in their social media feed that they've seen us once and now we can get in front of them multiple times Yep. What is the purpose of this? Why? Why should we care about following people around on their on their digital journey, digital give, social journey? I'll give
1: you a little analogy. So, if you're spending money on Google and you're spending money paper, pay per click, and the, the Google pay per clicks, you know, can be quite costly. Um, depending on how many people are competing for the clicks in your area, but it can be quite quite, quite costly. You could be paying a, a number of dollars per click, uh, which can add up. Um, So you wanna maximize that. So I I kinda like think of Google, if you're giving an analogy, let's say you've got a a concrete driveway and you're pouring water on it. Um, The pouring of the water is Google, right? That's that's, directly just pushing it onto the concrete and we're pouring it on there. And if you think of Facebook as almost like the gutters around your concrete driveway capturing all the water to recycle it so we can keep working it, so we can keep working that. If we don't have that remarketing part of what we're doing, Then we're just basically constantly needing to find more people to pour on the concrete hopefully some of it will stay right um so it's it's making sure that we're lengthening our um involvement and our interactions with somebody who's chosen an an intent and an interest in doing business with us and the longer we have a relationship with them the data says that there's a bigger chance that they'll do business with us. Um, as as humans, the more we see somebody, like if I if I see your face, you know, every every day, Larissa, I'm going to start feeling a lot more confident about you. I'm going to start thinking I, I feel like I know her. I feel like I can trust her. It's the same with any business. The more times we see them, the more times we feel that very comfortable with them, and there's a, a much greater chance that we'll interact with them. And that remarketing allows us to. To lengthen that that conversation, and the beauty of Facebook is that we can actually, you know, turn it into a system where if somebody does something, they we we can get them a certain kind of uh, of message, right? So if they they go on the page and don't do anything else, we might be a very general message. If they go on the page and maybe look at some of the stuff that you're looking to do, maybe it's a hair coloring or something, a page on your website where there's a hair coloring, we can pull that information and actually market to them about hair coloring and so forth and give them stories and get them emotionally excited about your business. um, So they're more likely to do business with you. And ultimately, what we want is we want to capture your audience and build that audience. um, And it ends up becoming like this reservoir that that is like a spigot that you can turn on when you need customers and want to grow your business. And that's ultimately what we're looking to build. I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said, but... uh, It
0: makes a lot of sense um, to me. I'm just going (laughs) to unpack a couple of words. Like we're talking about having conversations and building relationships. And I just want to kind of reframe those, that these are not live conversations. These are not live relationships necessarily. Um, These are digital engagements, digital like um, images, posts, stories, blog posts, videos that we're keeping in front of people. So they see us time and time again over a period of time. So it might be over the period of a month, somebody comes to our website or somebody searches hairdresser Wellington, uh, they land on our website, but they fail to make a booking or they're just having a nosy around. And over the next month, for example, we are now showing up in their newsfeed on Facebook or Instagram. So they regularly see the content that we're putting out to the world, we're not just waiting for people to come to our page and see it, but actually we're pushing ourselves into their newsfeed um, yep. with the aim for them to. When we <clears throat> when we say build relationship, we want to build the volume of times that they see us.
1: Yep. True. Yep, and and that builds a relationship, um, and that builds an element of confidence, and just one aspect- that we don't.
0: Just one that we don't know about. I think this is the weird right. thing. Like, we're building this relationship, but they're building a relationship with us. We're just not part of it.
1: <laughs> right. It's happening exactly.
0: on. It's happening on Facebook. <laughs>
1: right, and we and 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 it gives an element of control for the small business owner um, to you know that that has never happened in the history of small business. Right. We're now able mm. to compete with larger entities that had a lot larger budgets on, on a one-to-one basis and and actually give a much more intimate um experience which i think people are are searching for and and you know one of the things i love about facebook over google is you know there might be you know we could we could brand um to a 10 mile radius or 10 kilometer radius around wherever you live or wherever the the your salon is to every person that's most likely going to purchase from you um in that in that area and get you to the point where the first thought when they think about getting a haircut or their hair done is your salon um mm. and and you know it's we, we we see this done every single day and it ends up becoming like just tremendously powerful and those that aren't doing it are really losing out and really struggling and um yeah. you know it is the way it's, it's either get on the bandwagon or struggle and um it doesn't it's it, it doesn't have to be arduous it doesn't have to be difficult um you know, I will say that it's getting more technical with some of the roadblocks and the difficulties and the things, you know, with Apple, you know, Apple's doing a bunch of stuff technology-wise to, to make to put a lot more power in people's hands from a privacy standpoint. You know, Facebook has so many more rules and regulations on how to post, what to post. You know, Google has the same stuff. So it's getting a lot more technical. And there's a lot more roadblocks and so forth, which might be a bit overwhelming for the individual uh, small business owner, but but then there's there's agencies like ourselves um, that you can always work with as well that can take, take on that role, you know, as an employee. And I, I do recommend that either you learn it yourself and it becomes part of your business, or you actually bring in, um, you know, a agency with multiple different skill sets to almost act like one of your employees. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be expensive either, but you do need to look at it like an employee, right? Like a, Hey, if you were to hire us, um, you need to look at us like an employee. You know, hey, we're, I'm, I'm going to get serious about this. I'm going to pay them money that's of value. I'm not going to try and find the the cheapest agency out there. Find the best one in your budget, um, and then you know, get them to work and have them report to you and tell you what's going on. That's if you want to just focus on cutting hair and running your business, which is a a handful of stuff as well right so i can see why oftentimes salon owners just go ah i i can't be bothered with this i'm just gonna hope for word for mouth the problem with word of mouth is you know you're basically hoping that other people talk about you and you don't have control over your own destiny and i don't think ever in, in in the history of small business has small business owners had the control that they could have if they do good business the, the downside is, is, if you get bad reviews and bad stuff out there, and you're not in control, they could sink your business really quick nowadays. Um,
0: so let's talk about that just uh, momentarily. Uh, yep. The power or the importance of online reviews yeah. um, in this sort of what I call the no like trust phase. You know, the trade, the, the phase of people uh, getting to know your business. Because let's face it, people will check check out reviews yep. before yep. they come and actually see you so how important is it where should we be putting it how often all of the details
1: it's it's critical um, if you have bad reviews and you're kind of hiding from it don't hide from it fix it like go and, and and try to rectify it and rectify it not by necessarily you know going to Google and complaining and wanting your Google reviews removed because they won't remove it if they're legit. They're not legit if they're people, and you can prove that these people are not clients of yours. Um, so you got to prove that something didn't happen, which is always kind of difficult. But if you can try and you can, you can have some, uh, some, some reviews uh, removed. But basically, think about there's two things happening, right? One is an algorithmic thing. So the better your reviews, the more and better your reviews, the the more love Google are going to give you, right? So that's going to affect your organic. Ranking and so forth, which is something we all all want is more and better organic r- ranking. Facebook reviews are equally as important, especially and and Google even comes to play. So if you've got really good Facebook reviews, Google looks at that stuff because you know that's open to Google. Google spiders will crawl over Facebook and look at what's going on, and 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 they take that into account as well, right? So there's an algorithmic benefit there, and then on, on Facebook it's the same thing. Facebook is is looking to promote and give love to businesses that do a good job and, and give good value to their users because they want their 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 platform to be seen as a great place to make decisions because you know Facebook makes money from advertisers, um, so they want to find the best advertisers out there and they give more love to them. Facebook is a little different too, where Facebook will actually it will actually affect your cost of advertising on Facebook the better um, you're reviewed. Um, Google's a little bit more hardcore, you know, the, the paper clicks is it's like a auction that goes on, but let's say, um, you know, you've got a salon, Larissa and I've got a salon and, you know, we've, we're going after the per click, you know, click and blah, blah, blah. We're trying to compete with each other. You know, oftentimes people will look and go, okay, Larissa's got, uh, or Andy's got, you know, you know, 52 reviews and he's got a 4.5 star, Larissa's got 4.7 stars and a hundred reviews. Larissa obviously looks better, is probably a better salon than Andy's. I'm just going to go there. So it's kind of like a separation tool as well. And that's like just from a user standpoint, not algorithmically, we automatically go, okay, well, if there's more people saying nicer things about Larissa's salon, it's obviously, uh, you know, means that Andy's salon might not be as good as Larissa's salon. Now it might not be true, but that's how people make a decision when they're looking Mm -hmm. at lots of different options. And that's why you want to really uh, make sure that you're on top of it. And some of the cleaning up of, um, of reviews, like if you've got a few bad reviews, the easiest way to overcome a few bad reviews is to get more good ones and to actually respond to the bad reviews in a way that you're thinking of what the person that might read the view review, you know, a third party person might read, read, read your response. So you want to be seen as reasonable. You want to see, you know, seen as trying to make things right. Um, and you pop that in there and then surround it by a whole bunch of good reviews. And it pretty much, you know, as far as us as users, if we think about how we operate, if I'm looking through 20 reviews and there's 18 of them are great, two of them are scathing, but Larissa you're in there saying, you know, all the right things and I'm looking at going oh, maybe those two are just idiots. And hey, she seems very reasonable. I'm just going to focus on these good reviews. I'm going to go and give Larissa's salon a chance. And that's kind of how you deal with it. You don't, don't get too wrapped up in, in, in you know heartache over a few bad reviews. Focus on getting those good ones. And one of the ways that we kind of recommend most of our service uh, small businesses um, to deal with that is to consistently ask, hey, you know, how happy are you with our service? And when someone says, oh, Larissa, you're just amazing. We, we love you to death. Hey, if you don't mind, it really will help me. Go onto Google and give me a five-star review. In fact, yeah, um, yeah. some of our clients will actually say, "Hey, is there any reason why you couldn't give me a five-star review on the service that you've had from us?" And and oftentimes, you know, they're asking somebody they know is happy, and, and that person says, "Oh no, you guys are awesome. Hey, please just go and and go on Google. That really, really does help us." And that's where email marketing can come in too. If you've if you've captured that client and that client's happy, to be you know, emailing them and saying, "Hey, you know, if please you know give us a." a rating, how, how you feel about us, if, there's, if there is a reason that you couldn't give us a five-star review please reach out to us so we can make it right and make sure that you can give us a five-star review or if you can give us a five-star review here's the link click on it and just give us a quick one on Facebook and Google and very quickly you'll find that you'll start crunching up those those reviews. If you don't ask for positive reviews oftentimes we don't get them unfortunately as humans um, you know, people like to moan and you don't need to really ask for people to moan they kind of will just do it but unfortunately um you've, you you know, you probably have a, a thousands or if not hundreds of um you know very happy clients that love you guys um, and would not use any other salon um but they probably never reviewed you only because you haven't
0: I think that's the secret. You, you're you not going to get what you don't ask for. So we just yep. need to find a way to politely ask.
1: And it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Algorithmically 100%. and decision-wise.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty nice reading great reviews. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> as a business owner also. <laughs>
1: and here's one thing I will throw out there. Um, on Facebook, if you ever look on Facebook and and, a, and a, there's a business and it doesn't have its reviews on, uh, you know, available and it looks like a pretty... A pretty solid business, there's usually a reason behind that. And I'm always very, especially in my industry, in the marketing industry, if you go to a, 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 a you know, an age. let's say you decided, you know, I really want to do this, but I need to get an, an, an agency to help me because I can't do it by myself. Look for agencies that actually have reviews. There's no reason why an agency doesn't know how important reviews are. And if they don't have reviews, there's a very solid reason why they don't have reviews. And it's because no one's saying anything good about them. Because unfortunately mm-hmm. in our industry, There's lots of people who are full of it and there's a lot of people that don't deliver. Um, So look for agencies, look for uh, marketers that actually have reviews so you can see what their customers are saying about them. If they don't have anything, it's not because they don't know about it, it's because they don't want you to see it.
0: And if they can't do it for themselves, they're not gonna do it for you, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: All right, Uh, super valuable, get in front of Google, uh, stay in front of people with Facebook and build trust uh, with reviews. So uh, you are a business owner. What is a a quote or a mantra or something that kind of keeps you forward and focused?
1: Well, I mean, this is kind of like a silly quote that I kind of really enjoy about marketing and and it's something I use with small business owners. but basically, the, the quote goes along. I can't remember who it was, otherwise I'd, I'd, I'd share it. But I, I really loved it, and I've said it multiple times. And basically, um, you, know, you know, having owning a small business and not marketing is like winking at a pretty girl in a dark room and wondering why she doesn't know notice you. <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs> Very right, good,
1: or a, a good-looking guy, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, whichever whichever way you swing. <laughs> yeah. um, what about uh, a resource, something that you know about, have access to, that you think all small business owners, specifically here in beauty uh, salon owners, should get their hands on?
1: Um, we actually have a resource that uh, we 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 developed. Probably a couple of years ago, um, that was we used to help train our own staff. So whenever we'd have a new staff member, we want them to learn our way of marketing, um, and we developed this resource as an internal training system. Um, it's a Kajabi Yo know, course um, that we built internally that we didn't have give access to the outside world. Um, and at the beginning of twenty twenty, like twenty January of twenty twenty, before we heard of this thing called COVID, we were actually planning. We actually planned what well, we didn't plan. We actually did make it a public thing. We were going to sell it. We we're going to sell it. I think it's about $400 um, to have access to our internal training system to help small businesses learn how to market themselves. Because, you know, there's a lot of DIYs out there and we wanted to help them and, and be involved with them. When the pandemic hit, we kind of felt like we had to do our part to assist and, and really, you know, help small business. And we actually turned it from being you know, $400 to being a pay what you can model. So if as, as a small business owner, you're struggling a little bit, and you need to, for whatever reason, pandemic based or just whatever based, um, you can actually go to creativelydisruptive.com and then find the link at the top that says what we teach and then click on the small business um, marketing academy. And you can actually go in there and just type in whatever dot, whatever amount. You can pay zero, you can pay a million, whatever you want. Um, you know, I'd be happy for you to do whatever you need um, to get in and you can start going through it. There's about 90 classes in there about how to do all these things that we've talked, spoken about, reviews, Google, Facebook, all the things and, and my staff still use it as a resource. Um, we still use it as a training resource so it's being updated constantly and I really highly recommend any small business that's trying to figure this stuff out um, to, to go through it and if you're thinking that you might Ultimately, end up hiring an agency. I still really think that you should need to go through it so you understand it, um, because mm. there, you know, the more you understand about it, the more you can call, uh, you know, for, for a better term, bullshit on um, bullshit that you're you're being fed by people who are full of it. Um, because unfortunately, in my industry, there's more people that pretend that they're masters of their domain than they actually are. And you need to be able to go in there and ask the questions that you need to ask, feel comfortable comfortable that whoever you're working with actually knows what they're doing. So I highly recommend go to creativelydisruptive.com, click on the the what we teach link and click on the uh, small business marketing academy. And then if you don't want to pay anything, don't pay anything. If you want to pay something, pay something, Um, but definitely get involved and, and start learning about how this all works.
0: Well, thank you so much for making that uh, available for small business owners, especially in this sort of challenging and uncertain time when we don't know yeah. what's happening from one week to the next. Absolutely. Right, I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you've given us today and uh, the insights and I guess the push that we need to get our act together and get digital. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been great chatting with you. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. I absolutely love this topic. Digital marketing is such an important aspect in growing a successful salon. Like why not make sure you're utilizing all the best tools, the best way that you can. All right, so I'd love to know you, yes, you listening, What stood out to you most in this episode? Did you learn anything exciting new that you're going to implement straight away? Come and let me know in the profitable and successful seller owners Facebook group. Uh, I'm going to put a link to join uh, in the show notes of this episode. I would love you to come join me there and learn more about you and what you have.